I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of 12-Pack Radio is made possible by Nextiva, the official communications partner of the Pac-12 and the best business phone service is chosen by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva helps companies all over Pac-12 countries stay connected with customers and coworkers using one easy-to-use app. Get Nextiva for your business and get business phone service, video conferencing, team chat, call reporting, and more. Offer a fraction of what you would pay for those services separately. Make great calls every day. Visit Nextiva.com to get started. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Beta Rank College football statistical model. And we are a Sharp College football podcast. Thanks for joining us. And I'm sorry we took a couple weeks off. Uh, Rob and I had a delightful conversation ranking all the Pac-12 quarterbacks. And in that episode, I made a hard, likely inappropriate case for Jaden Delora. Not as the best quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Not as the best quarterback, but probably a little higher than he should have gone. And that... uh, that episode we're, we're trying to find, I had, I had to switch computers for reasons that we don't need to get into, but um, basically I'm fishing for that, but really we're right. We're right now in the middle of talking through a lot of the position groups in the PAC 12. We're ranking them. We're putting them in different tiers and quadrants and just really looking through and comparing which programs have the best quarterback have the best. Th- this week we're doing the running game, uh, which includes the offensive line run blocking and the running backs. And to do so, I'm joined as always by Rob Bowron. Rob, I got my green tea. I'm back. I had like laryngitis last week, the week before. I'm making crazy, you know, hallucinogenic arguments about Jaden Delora, and now we're here. How are you, sir? <laughs> I mean, I'm bummed that uh, I everybody's gonna miss me being the like downer on Jaden Delora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a believer, Rob. I I I'm, I'm, I mean, if I downer, I'm like he's good, but I also like I still hold out that like he may not he may not start. We'll see. And it's and it's spring, right? Like optimism yeah. is eternal for each team. So I uh, feel free, everyone, as you're listening. You know, if I if I make if I mock your hot takes. I certainly have a few on my end, but thank you for joining us. 12-Pack Radio, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, et cetera, et cetera, Spotify. We're, all, we're on all the things. 12-Pack Radio is our Twitter handle, and sharpcollegefootball.com is where you can find all of the numbers that we're using as we use advanced statistics to go through all the Pac-12 teams. This week, we are talking running backs, we're talking run blocking, and we're going to work through every Pac-12 team and kind of uh, take a look and see where they are. We're going to discuss each program, and uh, and Rob is here to join me to do that, Rob. Um, just basic, right out of the gate. You know, the, I, I'm bummed I'm bummed that the, the quarterback, I really hope that I can pull it out, because we were pretty positive. I'm sure we crapped on Cal for like five minutes. We do that every show. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, Chase Garber's basically was like, listen, I am not sticking around for another year of this. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but the he mo- didn't get drafted. I mean, he's he's a, an undrafted free agent. Yeah, it was a bummer. Um, but for the most part, we were pretty positive about the quarterbacks. And and I think as I was looking through the running, you know, the running games of all these programs, uh, not only am I fairly positive on this friend as well in the Pac-12, but I'm more so because the quarterback playing the conference should be better, which should open up some of the running games. So, you know, I, I think, look, the conference isn't the best conference in the country. It's It has a lot of struggles, but I do think the offense for a lot of these teams are going to be better. I think a lot of these teams have talented running backs and can actually yeah. run the ball. Uh, is, is that a, is that a fair assessment? Is like we're just looking at the overall landscape of the Pac-12 in the running game? No, I mean, look, last season the Pac-12 ran the ball really freaking well. Um, <clears throat> in fact, the Pac-12, while they struggled a bit overall offensively, um, they had one, two, three, four teams grayed out in the top thirteen in effective rush and beta rank. Um, and if you throw in ASU, they had five teams in the top 28 at running the football, um, you know, and, and that's excellent. Look, I mean, there, and if you, I mean, if 
if some of those teams also had a really great passing game, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> then you're talking like then you're talking about really, really cooking. Um, but like the teams, you know, in most of those teams, I think when we look at you know this season too, there's a lot to to like continuity wise. Like I like the top four you know, to continue to be really good. Now, if you flip that around, like where last week we were like, you know, in the, the, you know, the, the missing, you know, the, the missing sessions, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for effective pass, like the PAC 12 struggled last season. They only had two teams in the top 17, only three in the top 41. So, that's a different story. I think for the pack to like, like, whereas like quarterback, it's like, yes, we have this infusion of talent. Like that is really exciting, you know, to see this, I think on, in, in the running game offensively, I think there's actually like a lot of continuity and we're not necessarily looking at some infusion of talent, but I think that there's a lot of like really good at the top that I expect to stay good. Plus you have, you know, teams like USC that I think are going to like really turn things around. Yeah. It's and I know that USC has done the Graham Harrell offense for years, but like, you know, as somebody that's been following the PAC 12 for probably 20 years, it's still seared into the back of my mind. I've, I've gotten over it, but it's like still, you know, hovering around one of my like cerebral areas of my brain where I, I still think of USC as a, as a running team. And I, and I know they're not like, we've talked about this at length, like over the course of multiple years. Uh, my point being, it's kind of exciting, you know, when you're talking about all these PAC 12 teams that have really solid run games last year, USC, not even being close to that. And then now they get Travis Dye, they get like the Stanford transfer. They have continuity at the running game. They have an actual offensive coordinator. Who's, who's good. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting to think of, the Pac-12 as, as a conference that will be fun to watch football, you know, like they're yeah. going to put up points. Yeah. Most of these teams have competent offenses. They all, most of them have upgrades at quarterback or quarterbacks that have improved over time, like DTR. And yeah, these running games are really interesting. Um, I, so let's just, the, the way that we were doing this the last time was we were kind of breaking these into tiers. And so, yeah. but the question I have for you, Rob, uh, is what tier do you put USC in? I have him as a B. Okay. Like, I mean, like, so last week, like, I feel like, like, Hey, remember when we did the tears? Like, uh, yeah. So I did a through F again. Um, and I have USC as a B, um, this time, which I think is, uh, I mean, significant improvement. I mean, last year you'd, you'd grade out their running game as a D or an F. Um, but I really do expect with the improved offensive line coaching um, and the better scheme and execution, I just expect the running game to be better. I, I don't think they're going to have the best running game of the conference, but I think um, they should be significantly good. Like Riley has had, has had at Oklahoma, a really good fun running game in, in some ways. If you, um, if anybody remembers the old, um, one back offense that like Joe Tiller ran or, um, Dennis Erickson ran for a long time, <clears throat> it was like, it was a pretty sophisticated, um, spread passing game, but also had like a smash mouth run game with it. Um, you know, with a lot of, you know, counter, um, and, you know, and pulling players and it like, Riley has that. Like, if you want to see like a sophisticated run scheme, and we we have that in the Pac-12 with Ludwig and Kelly, um, but Riley's going to run one too. That's awesome. Like, and I think B is fair, right? Because on paper, yeah. this could be an A, but it's on paper, right? This is all yeah. just now. I mean, I, we know what Travis Dye is. We have a pretty good idea of what Austin Jones is, um, and, and and props to Riley for going into the transfer portal because, like. Darwin Barlow. <laughs> like I didn't know what that guy I didn't know what that guy yeah. brought to the table. Um and then you have to assume that like again on paper you have these these two proven backs but you also have basically the entire offensive line returning. An offensive line that was god awful at run blocking last year. Like just yeah. trash at it. But they return them and then you have a, a better offensive line coach and like I if you're squinting and you're really trying to make a case like you're not going to talk me into giving them an A. Like I, I will absolutely say no, but I can right. see you convincing other people that like don't follow the conference as much. Like on my end, I need to see it. I need to see right. this production actually on the field to to be like, okay, their running game is legit. I think it's going to take him at least a year to kind of get things together. But having Travis Dye as your number one back and Austin Jones behind him, 
by the way, a player at Stanford that we were basically saying like, how many of these running backs are going to transfer because they should have yesterday? And here right. we are. And he ends up at, at USC. That's great news for the conference that you have like this blue chip back back at, you know, uh, at, a, at, a, at a team that historically has been good running the ball. And uh, no, no, B, B totally makes sense for me for USC. Um, what team? I'm I think, well, I think people should also think of this like when I talk about projections, like you talk about upside or downside, right? Like there's a range of outcomes that we're talking about here. I have USC as a B. They definitely have A upside. Yeah. You can also, they also have C downside. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. well, I think a B is pretty fair for, for where I expect them to, to hang out. Yeah, and on the C, I mean, it's basically Travis Dye running behind a trash offensive line. Like that would be that right. would be the C. Where it's like, well, I mean, like, look, like uh, last year, Oklahoma. I mean, there's a reason Bill Bedenbaugh didn't come to USC. Like he and Lincoln Riley had a falling out over offensive line development. Yeah. Uh, and what had been a terrific offensive line for Oklahoma for the past couple seasons last year was not. They really struggled on the offensive line. It's part of why Caleb Williams was starting over Spencer Rattler is because he was, you know, Rattler didn't work as well behind a bad offensive line. Um, like Riley, they could still run the ball ish, but a lot of it was off of Williams. Um you know, in his legs. Uh, and I don't, I, I think if we're t- for what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, if, if USC is putting up yards that way off of Williams, like I'm not going to count those as much in the running game. Okay. And Hey, by the way, if we miss a player, I think, I think we have a pretty good handle on the depth charts, but there have been, you know, a, uh, like a, a phantom transfer here and there. I know that DJ Williams, uh, just committed to Arizona four-star running back from, uh, Florida state. Um, the, the Sam Houston transfer just transferred out. So let us know 12 pack radio on, on Twitter if, if we miss somebody, but I think for the most part, we have a pretty good handle on the rosters here. Rob, do you have anybody in the top tier? Like as an a, I do actually I have. And here's the fun thing is like, whereas with quarterbacks, I only had Kata Williams. I have four teams that I think are a, Oh, okay. All right, let's go. Yeah. What do we got? So I'm going to lead off with, with Utah. Yeah. Um, I think the adjustments they made on the offensive line, I think the additional, I, I, and I think for Utah, you really, you have to count in because these, there are so many designed runs that rising. Does, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, to help open up the offense. But Ludwig also like, I mean, you'll see a tight end end around, like he's pretty creative and trying to get guys into space. And, and in some ways it re- like his offense at times, both in how they line up, and then where the play goes, it sometimes reminds me a little bit of flex bone that you might see with like air force. <laughs> I know that's but like, they, they definitely find ways to get the ball into playmakers hands. Um, I mean, those guys are not, they're outside wide receivers, but like they, they do find ways to make it work. I think that I expect them again with rising and like rising didn't, um, it, it, this is sort of like when Khalil Tate came in for Arizona years ago and everyone in like a lot of Arizona fans were like, it's because he's so much of a better passer. And I was like, no, it's because Khalil Tate is actually an even better runner than Dawkins. Um, and that opened up the passing game. And in a lot of ways with rising, like he's a good passer. And I think he is a more, far more physically talented player. Um, but what really opened things up and opened up their offense, he's such a dominant runner. Yeah. It was funny too. Uh, well, I mean, not funny. You know, the reason they had to go to the transfer portal is because, I mean, you know, the death in the program, but the USC being able to fill in, right? Like I, the, the funny part being like they, they brought in an LSU transfer, they brought in a Texas transfer and it's Tavian Thomas, the Cincinnati guy that ended yeah. up starting, which is amazing. Like the fact that they were able to do that. And um, it just shows the depth too, because uh, Glover and Curry and my, I liked Micah Bernard, like they have names behind Thomas. And then you add, like you mentioned, Cam Rising and just the history of the program, uh, just being able to develop an offensive line and be able to run. Yeah. Th- this is a program that's, that's just, and I mean, like Keithy really isn't a run blocker. I mean, he's a glorified wide receiver basically, but you, you also have tight end play. They'll, they'll run two tight end sets. There's just a yeah. lot of protection, a lot of production. One quick question about Utah, Rob, I was listening to the cover three podcast they were doing their draft their annual draft of coaches so I think they did four rounds and all the coaches it's anything it's position coaches head coaches um Andy Ludwig in a in the a top four round including all of the coaches was drafted as an offensive coordinator I wouldn't go that far I wouldn't go that far Rob but just curious you know would would you you know is Ludwig that, that would put Ludwig basically as a top 10 coordinator I don't buy that 
Um, but I do think he's like a top 20 coordinator. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we've had this, we've had this conversation with people before, right. That are like Andy Ludwig, like when we say Andy Ludwig is good, I am not saying that Andy Ludwig should get hired on to, you know, to, you know, to have replaced Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama. Right. Like he is not in Ryan day, Lincoln Riley, you know, Steve Sarkeesian realm of, of, of OCs. Um, but he's good. I mean, I think he's like, like, I think he's f- like in round, what round four that would have made him like, what, like a top 16 in their draft or like a top, I don't know. I'd have him in like the top somewhere in between like, you know, 12 and 20, you know, like, I, I think he falls well in that range. Um, because also like, I don't think like, look, he's not, he's not dealing with like a cornucopia of talent. Like, and he's been, and he's been successful at, this is the part that I think is really important. Like he, he ran a good effective offense, throwing the football around at Vanderbilt, you know, before he got hired at Utah. Um, and then he came to Utah and emphasized very different parts of the offense, right? Like they have a much more run dominated attack. Um, and he's been able to tailor what he's doing to that. So yeah, like, I think, I think like people, particularly like Oregon fans have not forgiven him. And I think that like the overall body of work is, is clear that he's a very good OC. The thing that I appreciate about him is that, you know, Whittingham isn't going to go full air raid. Um, and he like Ludwig is kind of like the chicken pad tie of uh, of like Utah where like I don't like like Whittingham goes to to a like a, a Thai restaurant he's not going to order from the right side of the menu right that's a little too uncomfortable for him I don't know I, I, this make this is too much for me it's too much spice but this is good and this is exa- this is a good introduction to an offense that can really be um that can really push the the program forward but it doesn't get me out of my comfort zone enough where yeah. I, I'm nervous about it I feel like that like it's a really good compliment um that adds value to Utah. And, and I'm just really excited that, you know, Whittingham went through like seven coordinators to get there, but, but he did. Um, all right. Who, who else is on the top, the, the top tier up UCLA. I mean, I, I think even with the offensive line coach going to Ohio state, I think Kelly has replaced him with another very good offensive line coach. I think Kelly has again, like one of the more sophisticated run schemes in college football. Um, it's very similar to, you know, Ryan day, you know, Ryan day was chip Kelly's quarterback. <laughs> um, day is <clears throat> runs a very similar run scheme. Um, that's part of why he hired his offensive line coach. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I like UCLA to continue to be really, really good running the football next season. I mean, last year, Utah graded out at number four in effective rush. UCLA was at number six. I mean, just, there's, there's a lot to really like about what they're doing. I am curious about the offensive line over time. I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, now look, they they lost some guys to the draft. Yeah, they they brought in you know the transfer from Rutgers as a tackle. We'll see. You know, like I, I think there are a couple spaces. And what makes me a little nervous, like I would put them at a B plus. I wouldn't do an A because I want to see this new offensive line. Um, you know, Duke Clemens took first reps like at center. Um, uh, Garrett, uh, I think it's uh, DiGiorgio is was okay. Um, I just I want to see it. I want to see it. Um, Zach Charbonnet is awesome. Like he, <laughs> I'm so excited that he stayed in the conference. You're able to get a little bit out of DTR, you know. So I would put this as a at a lower level than Utah in terms of like what Rising and Thomas are able to bring to, bring to the table in addition to the offensive line. But like when you look at upside, I do think. Like I would put them, the A is absolutely a ceiling for them, like where they can get to that level. I just want to see it on the field before I like, before I crown their ass as a, uh, as a coach once said, um, because I, I like some of the stuff they have. I really think this is going to be interesting. I think that they're going to move the ball regardless. Like UCLA's offense is going to be pretty solid this year. And the running game like is, you know, oftentimes what he's going to push the most. So there will be production I mean, there and, and they, it- well, I was like, maybe, maybe Chip Kelly's. Can you see them honestly, like dropping out of the top twenty in effective rush. I just can't. Yeah, but that's not an A, right? Like A would be top ten. I, I guess that's that's yeah. the case I'm making. Yeah, or- I mean, I like I I I mean, I think 
I mean, maybe that's fair. I, I think they're still like, I mean, I think they're still likely to, to like, and especially if like DTR continues to run the ball a bit. Um, but yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, like one of the things that I've been impressed with, with Kelly is like, they all haven't always had the depth and they certainly like moved offensive and defensive linemen back and forth <laughs> to try to find enough yeah. depth, but it's mostly still worked. Um, you know, at least with a running game. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Like they've almost always been able, and he always finds a way to do it. It was, um, who's the guy they, uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Dimitri Felton, uh, they, yeah. they just, they, they have guys and, and they'll have guys. So no, I, I hear you. I'm just, I want to see them get to a, I have them yeah. like pegged in the middle. I have a probably like a, a step down from where you have them, but like I get why they would be in that uh, in that conversation. Who who else do you have in the top tier? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I have Oregon State. Uh, they finished at 11 in effective Russian beta rank last season. You absolutely knew the run was coming. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I really like with, you know, like whatever the losses might be, like Mahalchek's one of the best in the business. Um, and I think you combine his coaching with Lindgren and Smith, uh, you know, on the scheme and play calling. Um, I'm not whatever, who, whoever the running back is, it doesn't matter. Like that's like, they'll be fine. If they can get more of a threat in the passing game this season, uh, I think they're likely a top 10 and effective rush. So I know why you're saying, I disagree. I know, but I know why you're saying it because, uh, cause I hear like, right. So I, my big thing last year was, all right, let's see, let's see BJ Baylor, you know, do something after Jefferson left the program. And then he did like <laughs> BJ Baylor was awesome, but now like now it's again, right. Can Trey Lowe or Deshaun Fenwick be the guy, um, with an offensive line that isn't the same as last year? Like I just, in my mind, this running game is a step lower coming into the season than they were last year. Um, because I, yes, BJ Baylor hadn't shown the full production, but I did see him on the field. I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. I don't know if I saw that with Lowe or Fenwick. And, and I, and I get like, Mahalchek is the man, like, like give that guy a cape and like a crown, uh, and a scepter because he is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I, I think, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I like, I think at this point, I mean, he's clearly, I think the best offensive line coach in the conference. And I don't think it's that close because nobody else is doing it with the kind of talent that he had to do it. Yeah. First. I mean, like he first was at Cal and he had decent talent at Cal, but then he did it at Arizona and Rich Rod didn't recruit at all. And then, <laughs> You know, he's had to do it at Oregon State, a place that, again, like, he's not dealing with, like, I mean, he's dealing with, like, low three stars in a lot of cases. Like, he's done a terrific job. I just, I think with Oregon State, here's what, here's the reason I think that they're going to be, like, they are going to run the football, right? Like, that's the part of, like, with each of these teams here, like, I have confidence in what they're doing. Like, the there is, for the most part, stability with the coaching staff, Um and what they're going to do offensively hasn't changed. Like these teams are going to line up and run the ball. And I'd be shot. I mean, again, like I'd be sh- like, I think, but I think Oregon state should lo- like each of these teams should largely finish. I would think in the same range that they did last season. Yeah. Well, were they top? They were top 10 last year. Oregon state was at 11. I just don't see them being a top 10. Like I think they can, the like what if what if Jebby is your starter? Oh like, what yeah, if, that's the thing. It's like yeah. I mean, so like with these, which each with each is like I have full confidence Utah is going to get there. I think UCLA does too. I think the fact that like DTR might be able to again like develop a little in the passing game I think helps. Um, with Oregon State, it's like I I think whether it's Nolan for another year or Jebby, I think their passing game shouldn't be as bad. I mean, this is not me saying that any of these teams, Utah, UCLA, or Oregon State, is going to grade out in the top twenty-five in passing. 
they are not, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but anything that they are able to do schematically in the past game is going to open up the box a little bit for them to run the ball. Yeah. I just, I have them at B plus also. I just, I don't know if they're going to like, let's, let's see them. I, th- I, think- See, I didn't do this B plus thing. I just like, I thought they were ace. I was like, listen, you're, you're clearly like USC is a B, <laughs> but I mean, like I have them shading like, or like if, you know, if I have these in order, right. Like Oregon state would be a lower a than Utah or UCLA. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's the fourth one? Oregon. Um, and I think that that like, Oregon, like, look, like, I, I think the offensive line coaching and strength and conditioning program have been really good. I think we should have some confidence in that. Now, they're going to run a different offense, right? Like, Moorhead basically designed around what he had last season, and they had an extremely explosive run game. Um, Anthony Brown was a liability throwing the football for the most part. Um, and they get Bo Nix in. I mean, like, it's just, it's tough with Oregon, like, I expect them to be able to run the ball pretty well. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of it and how much they're going to rely on the run versus the pass. Um, But I think overall, like even if they do throw the ball more, like I think you have to like the, like I like them running the football, but I probably have them like, yes, they're my last a team. They're probably closer to an a minus B plus. I like Byron Cardwell. Like he, he just looked really fun. Uh, and, and the limited time that I saw him. And so I'm excited to see what he's able to do. You know, sometimes you see a player and he's super explosive, but then when you give him the full keys of the car, they're fine. Uh, they've recruited well. Sean Dollar's a blue chip player. And of course the offensive line is really good. Um, I would, I would put them at an A just because of the talent they've been able to bring in because of what I'm kind of excited to see in Cardwell. But the only thing that would keep me from, and I, and I have them as an, I had them uh, in Utah as being the two teams uh, really at the highest level. The one thing that makes me a little nervous is I haven't seen Cardwell or Dollars do it on a consistent basis. And yeah. uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's possible that they're fine, but the offensive line really carries them and they're a B. Like, I think their ceiling is lower than uh, Utah's. I think it's lower than the ceiling for Oregon state. Um, but I think the floor is the highest of those programs outside of Utah. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, but that's part of, I mean, like I think Oregon state has a high floor too, right? Like, I mean, I, I, th- I think what's interesting here though, is like, it's going to be, I mean, like what I'm interested to see what Dillingham really does, you know, when the lights are on and it's not just spring, um, you know, and also too, I mean, like, what is the passing game, right? <laughs> Are they able to, um, you know, open things up and, and really try to throw the football a little bit more? Um, and can Nick's get them there? Or yeah. is, is he a liability? And really, too, like you and I are both not sold that they have like a wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Let's see. Let's see those wide receivers step up. They haven't for the last like six years. Um, yeah. they haven't had a quarterback to throw to them too. So, you know, like it's a chicken and egg kind of thing, but <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, so no, I, I hear you there. I, I think, I think UCLA has a higher floor. I think Oregon state probably has a higher floor and ceiling or higher I mean, ceiling. Like if they come out and really run with Nick's and like use him in the running game too, like combined with what they have on the offensive line. I think talent wise and a running back, like they could really run the football well. Um, but I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like we haven't really seen Dillingham calling his own plays, you know, like in running his own offense. Yeah. All right. So we, we talked about USC being in the B zone. Yep. Is there anybody else you have there? Arizona state. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like the transfer running back from Wyoming. Um, I like the offensive line coaching that they've had the, uh, the, uh, bringing in Emory Jones, um, and the new offensive coordinator that they're bringing in from UNLV. I think they're going to run the ball. Um, and I think they'll likely run the ball pretty well. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. I think they're going to have a really solid run game. Um, 
I think if there's one team that has a chance to jump up a level um, from, ah, well, I mean, like I, I, my, my, my levels are different from yours, but from your B level, I think, I think Arizona state probably has a higher chance of getting to a than USC does uh, just based off of like, just really, really garbage offensive line play for multiple years. Like, you know, yeah. let's see if they yeah. can actually put it together. Whereas ASU, I I'm, I've been legitimately impressed by what they've been able to do uh, year after year in terms of developing the trench play. Like it's actually pretty yeah. good because I think that was one of the the hits that we that we threw at them in the beginning was they were recruiting really well, but it was all like wide receivers and running backs and stuff. Um, and then and they weren't really doing a great job in the trenches recruiting, but they've really been able to develop that talent over time. Um, you had the tackle that ended up transferring to Cal. I actually didn't see the, some of uh, look a lot of the transfers from ASU were for other reasons. I actually think that transfer is probably because he just got straight out beat, which is a bummer because yeah. it pulls pulls a tackle from your depth chart. But um, it just seems like you know Des Holmes and Isaiah Glass and Ladarius Henderson, like they have good players there, and I, I, I'm kind of interested to see how they're able to put them together. I, I absolutely think that the running game is going to be solid. Um, plus he, they pulled in some players from the transfer portal that Des Holmes and, uh, Chris Martinez from, I think he's from San Diego state. So yes, I totally agree with you on that. I think that they have a chance of being really good, like not just good, but I'm kind of putting them in that B area until they, they prove it on the field, but like a really nice base to work from because if like, if, uh, if the Florida state or Florida, the Florida transfer doesn't work out, if Paul Tyson doesn't work out, they're still going to have a competent offense just because the run game is going to be good enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the I think the run game is really going to set them apart. I mean, look, and uh, like I'm not I'm not convinced Emory Jones is going to be a terrific passer, but man, Jaden Daniels was really limited. So <laughs> if they are able to get more out of the passing game, I think that could open things up for them as well. So I'm looking through here. Did you have Cal in the B area? Uh, no. Okay. I have him as a C. Okay. Did you have anybody else in, in the B? No. B squad? Yeah. I know. I'm looking through here, too, just double-checking to make sure. I I do think of all the teams, like in the C, and it sounds weird because I'm saying Cal, but, I mean, they have some interesting running backs. I know they, they've lost some, but, like, Damian Moore, I thought was pretty good. The Carlos Brooks, Chris Street, Jaden Ott, like <sighs> – the running game and, and they're going to run, right? Like, um, I, 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 um, I'm not, I'm not as down on the Cal running game as I thought I was going to be headed into the season. That's about, that's about the nicest thing I could say about, <laughs> about this. <laughs> I mean, like there's, look, I mean, like they, I mean, listen, they graded out at 68 and effective rush last season. Like that's not good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then, and look, this is an un, in many ways, an unadjusted statistic, um, you know, like, but they're, they, I mean, they, they're, they were, they, they were decent. I mean, they were decent last year at their, like what you would think of as line yards, um, what football outsiders has for them. But like, I just, I don't see it. Like they really struggled offensively. They struggled to put up yards. They struggled to put up points. Um, I just, I, I think they have upside, but I just, I don't think it's a ton. I, I just, I don't think schematically they're doing anything to help themselves. And yeah. So yeah, I just, I think, I think Cal's a solid C like, I, I don't ex- like, I mean, I don't expect them to suddenly have like a top 30 rushing attack. Yeah. They lose their two guards. There's two starting guards. They lose Christopher Brooks, Marcel Dancy. I, uh, yeah. And maybe I'm. Maybe it came in a lot. It's funny because, like, you know, giving them like a warm bowl of soup is is, is like the most I could give to Cal. But, uh, I just, I yeah, you're right. Like, I know they're gonna run it, but they're maybe they're not gonna run it well. And 64 last year is is pretty garbage for a team. Bummer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Is there, like, who, who would you put above Cal in that C category? Washington. Yeah. Um, and I think it's purely on the fact that, like, I mean, lo- I don't love that they kept their offensive line coach. <laughs> so <laughs> let me put that out there. But I do want to say that with Washington, I think they have more so than Cal, they have more talent at the offensive line. And the just like the the overall level of offensive coaching is going to be the best they've had since Jonathan Smith Smith was there. Um, and they are going I think they're they're just going to get so much more out of these players on offense. I think Washington has in the running, I mean, I think in the running game, Washington has real B potential and I think has mo- much more upside than downside. Aaron Dumas, the transfer from New Mexico. Yeah, you know, as, as I was looking through this team, I just looked, I, I was like, you know, because he had Richard Newton, Cam Davis, and I yeah. was going like, oh, that's it. And I was like, oh my God, they sucked. They sucked last year. 3.6 yards per carry. Um, now, I, I think Newton was the one in the doghouse who was, pr- who was probably better than um, than what you saw. And some of the knock on Washington was the run scheme was like super predictable. So it wasn't just the fact that they ran it all the time and you knew it, but like they ran poorly and they like, they didn't disguise it and just teams knew. And if you want exhibit a watch that his like hilariously dumb Michigan versus Washington game. (laughs) Like it was just so stupid, like how Washington could not move the football on the ground. Um, So I, do I think they're going to be better than Cal? Yes. Because I don't think they could be worse <laughs> than they did last year. I mean, um, like having having good quarterback play with yeah. Penix, having you know competent offensive play calling. Like this is just, I mean, they they had Bush Hamdan and like Donovan. Like this is gonna like this is gonna feel like a revelation to Washington. <laughs> yeah, and and I like the fact that the coaching staff was like, yeah this this unit sucked let's bring in some transfers like they they straight up they brought in three running backs now one of them is like it's like the nebraska guy so he's a little bit but they they are basically like you are your job is not safe because you were not good last year so prove it Uh, i like that yeah i I would absolutely put them in front of cal um anybody else in the c's i don't okay i (sighs) did you talk yourself into colorado <laughs> I know because no. I, I knew no. neither of us is going to have Stanford, <laughs> but you like Colorado's running game more than I do. Well, so okay, so here, here, so no, the like, the, <laughs> so no. Um, I was, uh, I thought it was intriguing f- for a little bit because they had brought in the Sam Houston transfer, which is like, which is not saying a lot, right? Like, if your hopes are on like a like a Power Five transfer, then good freaking luck next year. Um, but like if that, just that team is going to suck. It just is, um, their running game, like for all of the players they had on there, right? Like we liked Alex Fontenot, um, Jarek Broussard played really well during the COVID season. He's gone. Um, I forget the other, the Dimitri Stanley, I forget, they had another running back there where I was like, yeah, wow, this, this is an interesting unit. Well, they're all gone and it's basically Alex Fontenot and, and, a <laughs> and a, uh, uh, offensive line that fired its coach midway through the season. So if you're, t- and it's, is, mm-hmm. is it Kyle Devan? Oh, is, is that who they got? Oh yeah. Coach. Good luck with that. Yeah. Whatever. All right. This, this so, like, sucks. Here's my thing. Yeah. Like yeah. with Colorado and I, I, Oh man, I, this for, is I gonna, forgot it was Devan. If you're a Colorado fan, so he sucks. I'm yeah. sorry, Colorado fans, but like, um, I have them as the last of my teams in the D's. Because they hired Kyle Devan and then Mike Sanford is their new offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. And like, there's just nothing that I believe that is going to be good coming from this. It's filthy. Now, like, look, so Devan came from Ball State. He was like, he got like a title bump because he was a seen as kind of an up and coming coach, went to Arizona and just, just no production at all. And there was such a drop off between uh, Joe Gilbert when he was there. Uh, yep. And then in the Devan and Devan basically came in with almost like the, basically the same players minus the production. 
um, and just never got anything off the ground. Now he's playing with crappy players, but hey, you're Colorado, right? Like you know, it's kind of he's yeah, kind I mean, of in like, the same who, spot. Yeah, what are you, who are you running out here, guys? <laughs> oh, that's gross. Okay, um, so I get like Washington State question mark like F. Yeah, Nikita Wilson isn't doing it for you, Rob. No, here's the thing with Wazoo is like they're just gonna th- like they're gonna throw the ball seventy percent of the time. Yeah, if not more, you know, and like they have questions at offensive line. Um, you know, they didn't. Uh, they were at seventy-two in effective rush last season. I just expect that to fall off. Like I think they're gonna rely on Cam Ward's arm quite a bit. Like they're gonna run more than Mike Leach did for sure. Um, but not that much but, more. Yeah. But not like a ton more. Like, I mean, you could easily see a 75 25 split for them. Um, and so they're that now, when you look at, when you like, if they're doing somewhat like Leach did, which is checking into runs, um, if they've got a really light box, then yeah, you could see them put up some very good, you know, numbers because they'll only be running the ball when it's incredibly advantageous to do so, <laughs> you know, it's like Navy throwing the ball, like, Oh, Navy's passing, you know, like, you know, marginal pass, you know, efficiency numbers look amazing. Yeah. But they throw the ball like five times a game. Yeah. Um, for Wazoo, like their, their numbers could look great, but I just, I don't, I, I think overall, like this is just, this is a team that's going to line up to beat you with the pass. Um, I think that they're going to, I think they're going to lean a lot more into to throwing the football than they even did last season. I think they like Borgie was really talented. He's gone. I just, I don't, I just, yeah. Like I, I think they're a solid F because I just, I don't, I don't think they're going to try to be, <laughs> they're not going to try to be anything more than that. <laughs> they also lose the uh, uh, Macintosh. My apologies to uh, Wazoo fans. It's Nikita Watson, not Nikita Wilson. Um, who was, you know, like a fairly well-regarded transfer from uh, Wisconsin. But yeah, I, I hear you. They're not going to run the ball that much. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the offensive line is able to take care of business, but they're going to be more, you know, pass protection. And that's kind of what you're dealing with. So, Rob, that leaves us with Arizona and Stanford. I can't put, I can't in good conscience put Arizona ahead of Stanford. I just can't. Like, I know, I know, I know Stanford sucks, but at least, at least on paper, you have a bunch of. Oh, I have Stanford ahead of Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Good. But they're both D's. I do not like when people are like, oh man, watch out for Stanford. Watch out for Emmett Smith, kid. I'm like, we have the same coaching staff yeah (laughs) it's so frustrating you look on paper it's like wow okay you know but like it's the same thing same it's it's the same team with the same coaching staff as last year and that team sucked and they were at 107 at effective rush oh my god and yeah look like last year like was the first year with the new offensive line coach but like come on yeah. A new offensive line coach is going to make a difference if he's any good in year one. This team is, isn't is running the football on anybody. No. And they continue to recruit well. Like, they keep getting those four, four-and-a-half, five-star offensive linemen. We have not seen production in the running game for, like, four years. I mean, it's just it's just embarrassing. Like, Yeah, since Mike, Mike Bloomgren left. And, you know, look, if you're not going to the NFL and you don't think you're going to go to the NFL, but you're a big body that's just, like, you know, has good feet, get a Stanford degree and, like, don't feel pressure to be good. That's fine. Like, I mean, I'm, I would do that. Like, oh, hell yeah. All right. Like, you mean I, yeah. I'm not going to be pushed to, to you know, be all that I can be, but I'm going to get this awesome Stanford degree and be all I can be in something other than football? Let's go. I wonder if that's – it just seems – what a bizarre program right now at this point. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think you have to put them ahead of Arizona um, because Arizona's offensive line was a disaster and will likely continue to be a disaster this year. Is that is that a fair statement? I mean, there's things that, I mean, look, like I'm, and I'm not going to talk, like I'm not ta- trying to talk anyone into like Arizona's offensive line is going to be great, but like they did deal with significant injuries last season. They didn't have great depth. They have a little better depth coming into this year, but like, I don't think Peyton fears should be starting for a power five team at tackle. And he's your likely starting right tackle. Um, you know, like, I, I think they have a chance to be better than they were. I think, I mean, I don't think that they were helped by having 
Gunner Cruz play what three, four games. Will Plummer play what like five games. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they didn't. They weren't helped by their supporting cast much, right? Like their Arizona was absolutely, um, you know, like there was there was not really regarded as like much. Like the wide receivers weren't good. They should be significant. Like I think the offensive line is going to get better by having some of the absolutely other units that were atrocious around them be better, right? Like Burnett, a tight end, the wide receivers should really help. You know, Arizona's brought in now the transfer running back, two four-star running backs um, have come in. Like there's uh, like, yeah, I, I, but I don't like, we're not taught, like when we're talking about improvement for Arizona, like they were at 87 an effective rush last season. I think they finish in the fifties, right? That's a, that's about a D, right? Yeah. Maybe a C, maybe a C like, cause like some of these teams like Colorado finished at 66 Cal finished at 68. I think Cal has a chance to get better. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Arizona has a shot to like be merely bad at running the football instead of horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, like the thing that makes me intrigued, like, and I agree with you. I think, I think th- they should be a D. Uh, I think the offense will be better. I think they'll get to the fifties that like, that all makes sense. Uh, the line is the, like, I don't know who the, t- the backup tackles are. Like that's, that makes me sad. <laughs> like, you know, like right now in the depth chart, I just have yikes because there's just like no proven depth at the tackle position. Like you mentioned, Peyton fears is probably the starting right tackle. Not good. Not good, Bob. Um, but when you take a look at the running backs, you know, like, I had a conversation with Hithliday on the Quack 12 podcast about Arizona's running game. And he's pretty big. Like he's higher on Wiley than I am. Um, And and look, he breaks down film. I watched a lot of Arizona like football last year. And I was just like, he's fine. Like, I I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a breakout star. I think he's, he is who he is, um, which is, which is competent. And that that's about, you know, if, if he pops up, great, good for Arizona. The thing that's interesting to me is that they got a, a transfer from Florida State this week in DJ Williams. He was a blue chip player. They like um, Rayshon Luke. They, they have some freshman running backs that could be really interesting, but I don't know if that's going to happen this year or in a couple of years. You know, you just, I don't I think, think the main thing is like we don't see Drake Anderson this season. No, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And look, I mean, there were two guys they like last year. I mean, like they really liked Stevie Rocker, but like some of these guys are, you know, like, uh, Majon Wright, who they raved about and raved about, but then they, I think they actually ended up recruiting over him, you know, like, and he entered the transfer portal again because they got McMillan, they got cowing to come in like Doreen Singer really stepped up. Um, and Majon Wright, a guy that like, based on the talent that they had was one of their best players with the new players they have was not there. And like maybe rocker and Jalen John end up transferring out. Mm. Yeah. It's a, you know, it'll be like, it'll be an upgrade, but you know, uh, I, it, it's just nice that there are some interesting options at running back and maybe there is some offensive line development that we didn't see last year, but I, I wish just wouldn't bet a lot on it. But I do think no. because the quarterback is better, the whole offense is going to be better, including the running game. So that makes sense. Uh, it, I mean, like, like they've had some real, I mean, real struggles at offensive line, but like Grayson Stovall, that transfer from Baylor, they really like Salavanea, who was a breakout star um, at that Polynesian camp. And a lot of people thought might get his, uh, fourth star, the, that Polynesian all-star game, um, really stood out, you know, you know, all the recruiting analysts were talking about him. They expect him to come in and likely start at guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, like regardless of like improved play in the interior and if Jorgen Morgan is healthy, like Peyton fears, like just go watch that tape from that Washington game. Like yeah. he got beat. He got beat off the edge all the time. Just, oh, so bad. It is. It is wild. We'll, we'll see what happens. But all that, you know, collectively, you're going to have better quarterback play, which means you're going to have better running back play. And yeah. uh, and for most of these teams, you have the you, you have consistency from last year. I just think that this conference is going to be better overall um, on the offensive side of the ball next year, which is fun because that, you know, like 
as, as much as I enjoy, you know, 10 to 7, uh, sometimes those games are fun, but they're not fun when your offense is just trash. You know, it's fun when both teams' defenses are just amazing, and that is not – we'll, we'll yeah. get to the defenses. We'll get to the defenses. But, you know, if you're going to have a conference that is like a middling conference or um, that has a couple – you know, teams that will legitimately challenge for the, the um, playoff. And I think there's one, it'll be Utah that will likely challenge um, at least the teams, you know, are putting up points and the games will be interesting. And I just like it. Like it's, it's nice to be optimistic about two units in a row with the quarterback position and the running back position. And, um, and uh, do we, is it worth it to do wide receivers or is that kind of just, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I think we do wide receiver tight end comp. I mean, like, cause if we're going to talk about like the running game here, like, man, USC's going to throw the ball, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like they're, I mean, and, and they brought in, they brought in the freaking Belindikoff winner. And, you know, in addition to a bunch of like, you know, former four stars and like, you know, the guy that played at Oklahoma and like Jerry Rice's kid and like, um, you know, or like, I mean, if, and, and, that's definitely one too. Like, oddly enough, like you'd have Arizona higher than a lot of teams, a wide receiver, which is crazy to say. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we'll do wide receiver tight end combos next week. Any questions, comments? Although this is one where suddenly like the conference actually is like, oof, that hurts a little bit. Like it's the fall off after USC is oof. <laughs> And then, like, I think the week after this, and, and like, so start thinking. If you're listening to this podcast, start start thinking. Stew this over your head. I, I'm going to steal this directly from uh, Solid Verbal because they they did a section where it was like, you know, send us your hottest like takes. I want just start thinking through what your re like a realistic hot take. I don't want three of them. I just want like a realistic hot take from the conference. And if we get like five or six of them, it'll be fun to to work through because if they're in the realm of possibility, but they're still hot. I think it'll be fun to talk through. Like, you know, maybe like, maybe like your hot take is Lincoln Riley's it's going to finish third or fourth in the PAC 12 in the first year. Right. Like, and which, which could actually happen. And we could talk through that kind of stuff. So start thinking of that listeners, let us know, send them early if you want. So we can start like stewing over them, but I think that'll be fun. And I don't think we've done a mailbag or, or, you know, ask for input from the listeners for a while. So uh, keep that in mind. Rob, do you have anything else? What what number are you on here for the uh, the previous? Oh, I just did Texas twenty seven, um, and then we're to do twenty six Minnesota this week. Okay, you got Minnesota ahead of Texas. Oof. Yeah, Texas Texas's defense was bad, and the offense was uh, was not great either last season. Oh yeah, no, I know, and and actually Minnesota is sneaky decent, so uh, that actually makes sense. It's just you know the 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 brain processing Minnesota. Uh, I, I think I'm still in the, is Texas back? You know, I've just, it's kind of like yeah. the, the running game for USC, right? It's seared into my brain that like, I know that the running game isn't good, but I still imagine the running game to be good. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing with Texas. So, uh, okay, we'll check that out. Um, Sharp College Football. You can check us out on YouTube um, and sharpcollegefootball.com. Thanks for everybody for joining and we'll catch you next week.